you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. He's afraid to tell Republicans where he stands and dips and dodges more than an average Joe facing Globo Jim in a dodgeball match. <laughs> dips and dodges. You know what, D? That's actually pretty good. Dips and I've got ducks and dodges, but I like dips and dodges. Oh, yeah. He, he says dips and dodges. Dips and dodges. That, of course, uh, is DB, Darren Bailey. Yeah, the, I'm not a hog farmer, hog farmer from uh, downstate Illinois. Who is to hog farming uh, what our beloved Dennis is to doctors? Okay, he's not one, but he is one. What? Say what? Absolutely, I'll take President Trump's uh, endorsement. President Trump got our economy uh, under control, and, and I was a Trump delegate in 2020. Yeah, you, you'll take it if he gives it to you. And I got a feeling, to quote Paul McCartney and John Lennon, that he's not ready to choose you over Kenny G, one of the richest men in the country uh, and definitely in the state of Illinois. Just saying, D, you know, if Donnie Trump was going to endorse Darren Bailey, who is, we'll get into this later, by the way, the maggiest MAGA man in the state of Illinois, he would have done it already, don't you think, D? I think so. I think so. I'm not a doctor. All right, your Ben Jarofsky show. <laughs> For Wednesday, May 18th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. That is correct. The Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com, and if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. And did you know that Illinois has an average monthly revenue of over $100 million from recreational cannabis sales? As of 2022, Chicago hosts an impressive 44 cannabis dispensaries. There may be like 46 since we've started reading this thing. It's Illinois booming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Ding, ding. Up. One just opened up across the alley. Oh, my God. Oh. I think oh, wait. It, excuse me. That's underground guy just selling off his bicycle. Forget uh, that. Rumor has it it's called Tommy Two Joints. Correlation? I don't know. But the Windy, <laughs> the Windy City is the perfect place for the Illinois Cannabis Convention. It's June 10th through the 11th. It's coming up, guys, and it's brought to you by NECAN. The convention will be the largest gathering of the existing local medical cannabis industry and those getting into the new adult-use recreational market. The convention will showcase more than 100 companies. Like how you looked at me like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting out of the market, T. I was in the market back in the 70s, and I'm getting out of it, okay? The convention will showcase more than 100 companies, brands, and product lines. There's also four full programming tracks running each day for medical, business, cultivation, and social justice, featuring dozens of expert speakers with practical knowledge and advice for attendees of all levels of experience. All are welcome. Go to NECAN.com slash Illinois, N-E-C-A-N-N.com slash Illinois for information and to register It is Wednesday, May 18th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. 
and now your host. <laughs> what? I'm playing bass. I just <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Ben Check Wednesday, and here's why. So much politics to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. And you know I'm a political junkie. Uh, election day was yesterday. Primaries in the various states throughout the land. Uh, a test. Donald Trump's strength, particularly in the state of uh, Pennsylvania. We'll be talking about that with Monroe. Um, I've been following that one closely. Also at issue, you know, uh, which way are the Democrats going to go? Uh, which way are you going, Billy? Can I go too? Sorry, didn't mean to go down that path. Uh, which way are the Democrats going in uh, primaries? I got to bring um, Miles Kemp last in the talk. I need some lefty talk, D. I need some lefties to bring some lefties on this show. I was like, there's not enough lefties in the show. We need Samina Mustafa. What happened to Samina Mustafa? Well, Samina was on. You, uh, it was. Um, she was on a bo- a bonus about um, two. Oh God, I've lost track. Whoa, I've lost track of time. D. I'm losing track, man. About a month ago. We need to get uh, back. So, yeah, uh, and uh, DJ Nate uh, was handling uh, the boards that day. That's DJ Nate handling the boards. Now here's Dennis handling the boards. Different board. Um, uh, anyway, so a lot of, uh, yes, Samina would be great to hear, uh, hear from Samina right now to talk uh, uh, the state of the Democratic Party. Uh, is it the Bernie state? Is it the Bernie party? Is it the Hillary party? That old debate never ends, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, he and I were just talking about that. We were just talking about that about 10 minutes ago in a pre-show production meeting. Uh, we were talking about the old days when we were in WCPT. Yes, I said it, D. Time is... Time has oh, wow. gone on. I said it, okay? Uh, and uh, before I was fired. Uh, and um, well, We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, but uh, when uh, when Dennis won, he was great at the phones, ladies and gentlemen. He was great at the phone. So, like, uh, when he wanted people to call in for that portion of the show where people would call in, he'd go, so what do you think, Hillary? Uh, no good, dirty dog? Oh, our number is 555-400 or whatever. Yeah. Phone light whenever, up. Uh, yeah. Whenever a guest canceled, that was the plan. <laughs> anyway, plenty of political talk. But I, we'll hold off on the, some of the national political talk uh, for the moment because I have in front of me today. Something I'm interested in, really interested. In. Uh, you know, I'm fascinated with the Repub- Republican uh, primary uh, for governor here in the state of Illinois on many levels. Um, and uh, in one way, it's a test of how much convictions uh, does Donald Trump have in his ideology, uh, or will he choose money over ideology? It's also a test of how true to MAGA is MAGA. You know, will they go for the money? Oh my God, I found myself doing like in my inner Mike Flannery suddenly. Well, that was very Flannery. <laughs> that was very Flannery, you know. These guys are all great, folks. If I'm imitating them just regularly, it's because they're really good at what they do. Um, so, yeah. And so, as we all know, uh, Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin uh, was going through life relatively content and happy as more or less a centrist. You know, think Mitt Romney or Rahm Emanuel, whichever one, whoever your favorite centrist is. Uh, and then all of a sudden, essentially, uh, he got an offer. And the offer came from Kenneth Griffin, the richest man in the state, who said, I will sponsor you for governor. I will back you for governor if you read from my script. I don't know if that literally happened. I wasn't in the room, ladies and gentlemen. But I think we could surmise that something of that kind happened. And he thought, do I take the money and throw away everything that I've stood for? Uh, 
and uh, or do I stand true to my centrist principles? Which, when I think about it, if you're in the middle of the road and the road is constantly changing, you don't really have a set of you know anchored principles. You get what I'm saying? You're kind of just like following whichever way the winding road goes. Uh, so anyway, open window, throw out principles. Yeah, I'll take the money. And now he's trying to reposition himself uh, in time for the June 28th election as a MAGA man, which nobody believes because there's this whole record of him being on MAGA, like when he, you know, supported the criminal justice bill or when he said nice things about uh, Barack Obama or when he tweeted, more to the point, when he tweeted, had an, not tweet, but had a text exchange with someone where he called Donald Trump an idiot and a racist, you know, very on MAGA moves, okay? Uh, now, in order to get elected by MAGA, he has to show himself to be a MAGA man. And there are, what is it, at least four other highly more MAGA qualified candidates in the race. That's how I put it. Uh, we talk about it all the time. So yesterday they all met, including Max Solomon, who we very rarely talk about on the show, D, uh, one of the more obscure candidates running. He got invited to the uh, Tribune editorial board, which is ground zero for <laughs> Republicans, the Tribune, just like notoriously uh, pro-Republican and has been forever and ever. Uh, and they gathered around a table. There's a photograph of it in the Tribune on the front page. Starting to think I may be the only person who, uh, who still reads the Chicago Tribune every day. Uh, and uh, in the newspaper, that is. Um, and so they basically, the, the other candidates were pounding away at Richard Irvin because he is ahead in the polls. It's, he's kind of got Darren Bailey is very close to him, who is by far the maggiest MAGA man uh, running in that primary. He was pro-Trump before it was fashionable. Uh, and um, so uh, they're all pounding away at him. I look at him, D, there's some of your favorites. Jesse Sullivan is there. Uh, Gary Rabine is there. Uh, this is just like, wow, seeing these names, the faces behind the names. And uh, the big feller himself, Darren Bailey, is there. The hog farmer is not really a hog farmer. Uh, and uh, so – the Tribune talks about some of the issues that they raised as they were pounding away at him. And I'm like, we need a fact check, a Ben check. So, for instance, uh, Jesse Sullivan, who made a fortune uh, in, when he was living in California and now is pretending like that part of his life didn't exist. Even that's uh, the fortune he made. So he's come back to Illinois. I love Illinois. Uh, even he's trying to, like, make California to be some horrific place that's emblematic of lefty America. Even though you made your fortune there. just. I'm going to point that out. Uh, here's what he said. With Richard, you know, the way he's running uh, this scorched earth campaign, just telling lies, treating the conservative base like they're idiots, said Sullivan. Well, I would just say this, uh, Jesse Sullivan, if the conservative base votes for Richard Irvin uh, at this stage, then yes, <laughs> they are idiots because they don't even know what the hell they're voting for anymore. And by the way, an argument could be made, and I'm just saying this, Jesse Sullivan, that they already showed themselves to be idiots by voting for Donald Trump, a grifter. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there as a possibility that you might want to consider. But I would say definitively that if somebody who's for, of the MAGA persuasion votes for a non-MAGA man like Richard Irvin, you got to wonder. It's sort of like somebody in Chicago voting for Rahm Emanuel, somebody who supports public education in Chicago voting for Rahm Emanuel, uh, even though Rom closed 50 schools. Why? Because Rom put on a sweater in a commercial? Because Rom was endorsed uh, by Barack Obama? Because what? 
You don't like Chewy Garcia? I don't know. You know, so similarities there. Uh, we uh, go forward uh, to uh, this next quote, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Sullivan says, uh, it's the same router playbook. In other words, he's saying that Richard Rivers is running by the same router playbook that they used in 2018. The same insiders that ruined his chances, meaning Rounder's chances against Pritzker. Same thing is going to happen here. The conservative base is not going to show up for him. I just want to tell you this, uh, Jesse Sullivan. You may have been in California making your fortune, so you weren't paying attention to what went down in 2018. I, on the other hand, was obsessively following the 2018 gubernatorial race between uh, Bruce Rauner and uh, J.B. Pritzker. And what you missed because you were in California is that Bruce Rauner almost destroyed the state. He's holding it hostage because he wanted to uh, pass uh, anti-collective bargaining laws. He was saying, I won't pass a budget. I won't approve a budget unless you agree to laws that destroy unions. The Democrats said no. And so the state of Illinois was pretty fed up with Bruce Rauner. <laughs> I think Dennis could have beat Bruce Rauner in 2018. And he didn't have any money. It's interesting rewriting a history, uh, the 2018 uh, uh, campaign. All right, here we go. And there's, uh, there's, How about this one? Um, My opponents are trying to create their, that perception, Irvin said accusing of rivals of wanting to talk about, quote, non-important, impertinent things. While the reality is we got to talk about the things that are important to voters, and that's what I want to talk about. And when he says that his opponents want to talk about non-important things, what he's saying is his opponents want to talk about how much they idolize Donald Trump and how much he's critical of Donald Trump. And he wants to get through this election without criticizing Donald Trump because he wants to walk this very delicate line between getting MAGA's votes without alienating everybody else in the state who is truly offended by Donald Trump. And so what he's asking us to do at this moment, at this very serious moment, I'm going to talk to Monroe about some of these very serious issues we're facing as a country. What he wants us to do is just overlook the fact, things like what? The shooting at Buffalo and white replacement theory and how 50% of Republicans subscribe to that, according to the latest polls. This nonsensical notion that somehow or somehow or other Democrats are trying to replace real Americans. And I got that quote with what unreal Americans. We'll get into that with Monroe, what they mean by unreal Americans. OK, we're not supposed to talk about that. That's not an important issue. How about this? Donald Trump is going around saying that the election was stolen, that he got more votes than Joe Biden. But it's a pretty serious accusation. And apparently, a good chunk of the Republican Party agrees with it, even though there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever to substantiate that. Is that insignificant and unimportant? We're not allowed to talk about that? Because what? You don't want to alienate MAGA voters by pretending you agree with that absurd absurd accusation? We're not supposed to talk about that? It's unimportant, insignificant? Just because what? It upsets this little portrait of yourself that Kenny G has spent $45 million building. You know, we're not supposed to talk about that at all. What, what about Donald Trump on the phone with election officials in Georgia and Michigan, trying to get them to throw out votes for Joe Biden, a clear case of interfering something that we, if Michael Joseph Madigan had done in the state of Illinois, Republicans are going berserk. They go berserk as it is over stuff that Madigan did. That's far less. We're not supposed to talk about that. We're not supposed to talk about Donald Trump trying to throw out all the black votes or most of the black votes in Wayne County in 
Michigan, Detroit, so he could claim Michigan as his own? We're not supposed to talk about that? This is all unimportant and insignificant? You just want to, like, pretend that Donald Trump didn't exist. And here's my favorite. This one's, this one is unbelievable. Whenever Richard Irvin wants to uh, get deals with the issue of Donald Trump, and he's got a lot going against him on that issue, ladies and gentlemen, because as I said before, Parachutes, shout out to Parachutes at WTTW, uh, ran a story last week where he had uncovered these texts, uh, text exchange between Richard Irvin and some, someone in Aurora, where Irvin called Trump an idiot and a racist. So he's called upon that because MAGA's loves Trump and idolizes Trump, so it's really hard to win the election. Even with $45 million uh, calling Trump an idiot, he says, there are areas where I've disagreed with Trump. But he added, the Trump administration has done many things for the American people that were great, citing tax cuts, public-private opportunity zones, and economic trust areas, and his support for law enforcement. Wow. Just, like, where's... There's no accountability, accountability whatsoever for Trump. We're in the middle of a crime surge throughout the country. It's all, it's pretty much one of the, it's one of the top two or three. We'll get into, we'll ask Monroe what he thinks is the top three uh, issues. I like guess inflation, abortion, and uh, crime coming into the midterms. So Donald Trump bears no responsibility for that. Donald Trump was sworn into office back in 2017 saying he was going to end the American carnage once and for all. Have four years to do something about it. Hadn't done anything about it. But you say he's done a good job on that? Opportunity zones are just a nationwide form of a tiff where you take money that's supposed to go for the poor and you give it to the rich. You're proud of that? They're really struggling, Richard Irvin, to find something that he agrees with Donald Trump on. So fascinating debate. Thank you, Chicago Tribune. There, just say something nice about the Chicago Tribune uh, editorial board for having it. And a uh, good story. Let me give credit to the writers who did a good job. Oh, Rick Pearson and uh, Dan Petrella. So shout out to those two for doing a good job uh, presenting the fact. There's many, many more things I could go into. We'll probably get into them a little while later. But uh, let's bring on the, uh, the man with the legend, Monroe Anderson. Talk about the issues of the day. Monroe, welcome back. It's another Wednesday with Monroe. You look fit as a fiddle. I, I am fit as a fiddle. <laughs> uh, so, tai chi, baby, Tai Chi. Tai Chi, yes. <laughs> um, so, oh my God, so much to talk about with the elections yesterday, but a very sobering, difficult topic uh, that I'm sure was... Um, uh, very upsetting to you, it still is, the shootings in Buffalo. Uh, that uh, was it Saturday, I guess. Uh, a, uh, a racist, a white supremacist, armed with a rifle, uh, walked into a grocery store in a predominantly black neighborhood of Buffalo and just started shooting. And it was pretty clear that he was there uh, to shoot black people. And uh, he left behind. Well, he's, he, he, he did not, he was not killed because he's, he, he's in jail right now, uh, but uh, before uh, he, he left in his computer. He's, he's not killed because he threatened to kill himself. And the cop said, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> Your thoughts about that? Well, I was just going to say he left behind a 180-page uh, manifesto uh, where he's talking about white replacement theory. But your thoughts about uh, 
uh, his saving his life by threatening to kill himself and then not going through with it. Well, I find it interesting that white killers get treated better than unarmed black men do. Yeah, you, you get unarmed black men who are shot or killed or and, and often killed with a confrontation uh, with police and they don't have weapons or anything. Um, Roof, the killer at, at, at the black church, mm-hmm. they, when they arrested him, they put the hand on his head and make sure he didn't bump his head. Uh, they wouldn't got him a, uh, a, a, a Big Mac or some or some sort of sort of cheeseburger because he was hungry. Um, this this kid, he he's killed ten people, uh, wounded a couple others, and he threatens to shoot himself. He puts the gun at his neck, and they talk him down. Uh, you know, if he killed ten, why, why wouldn't they make let, uh, let it be eleven himself? That's that's my my feeling on this. It's our, our justice system is needs a, uh, a, a little fine tuning. The response uh, when questioned this way, uh, the police chief in in Buffalo. Uh, his response, you, I know you must have seen this, Monroe, yeah. was that, well, uh, the killer did not point the gun at the police officer. Uh, he pointed it at himself. Had he pointed the gun at the police officer with a threat, uh, I know you have a response to that, but I just felt compelled. That is the official response of of police in Buffalo. Your thoughts about that, Monroe? I can't remember which city was. I think it was Racine where they thought the guy was reaching for his gun. He walked away, and then he went in their car, and, and he wasn't pointing the gun at them. They shot him in the back. One policeman shot him in the back a number of times. Uh, my feelings on it, and, I, and I'm biased, of course, about this stuff, but my feeling is if he was going to shoot himself, let him do it. Uh, yeah, the town was Kenosha. And by the way, everybody is biased. And that's what's the heart of this, Monroe. We're all biased. You know, it, at yeah. least you admit it. But everyone, when it comes to race, is biased in this country. And you're you're not even allowed to have a conversation about it anymore. MAGA uh, is censoring everybody. You know, you, you can't talk about it in schools. Right? You're not allowed to talk about our racial past at all. Right. Um MAGA, which says they uphold liberty and freedom of speech for themselves, uh, tries to deny it for everybody else. But, I mean, Monroe, you and I have talked about this so many times. It's just like, of course there's a bias. You know what I'm saying? Like, our whole... My, my, my bias is against racists who kill black people. Yeah. My bias. <laughs> I think that's a good bias to have. <laughs> You know, as biased as Cole Monroe, that's not a bad one. Uh, so it was very upsetting weekend. There's so much carnage in this country. Uh, it seems like every, you know, Monday and Tuesday, there's an accounting 
of what went down over the weekend all out throughout the country and of course in the city well, there, there have been two, 202 mass shootings this year so far and a mass shooting is four or more people shot and 202, 203, somewhere in that neighborhood. And the year is not half over yet. Wow. So there's more than one, on average, more than one mass shooting a day in this country. And yet the Republicans won't, aren't going to um, pass any sort of gun control yeah. whatsoever. No, it's uh, like there's moments... <laughs> I don't want to share my darkest moments with listeners, but there's just moments of um, frustration. I'll just sum it up with that word uh, where I, I think about some horrific situation we're facing in our country. In this case, I'm talking about, we're talking about just the ongoing murders uh, through gunfire. Uh, and then I just run through my mind how difficult it is to respond because all the things that you know you need to do can't be done because they're blocked by the Republican Party and the Republican Party keeps getting elected uh, even though it is essentially a minority party in this country. It has fewer adherents uh, than the Democratic Party and it gets keeps getting elected because of gerrymandering, <clears throat> which is reinforced by the courts, uh, in some cases courts that the Republicans have appointed, but in other cases, and I don't what they're thinking, we're going to get into it's not today, folks, but later, but in New York State, where the Democratic top court, they call it the Appeals Court of New York, um, ruled in favor of Republicans. And so now in the state of New York, where the shooting took place in Buffalo, uh, Republicans probably have been given three seats because of a ruling. So Monroe, it just gets... It's just the moment of just uh, utter bleakness when I think about this uh, helplessness. You're right. You can't get sensible gun control legislation through uh, because it's blocked by the Republicans. You can't have a sensible debate on abortion rights because the Republicans now subscribe to the notion that any abortion, even in the case of rape, uh, should be outlawed. Uh, and then you can't have a discussion about Something like replacement theory. Let's get into that. The notion that somehow or other evil people are conniving uh, to replace real Americans with what? With with brown and black people. Yeah. But the, the one of the theories there there are several, but one of the theories that they 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 make up is that the Democrats are changing immigration to let in black and brown people so that they will vote against the white people, i.e. white Republicans. Um, another um, interpretation of that is, is simply that um, the, these real Americans are the real, the, the white Americans from Europe are the real American, and that uh, there's this plot afoot to um, 
change American culture by letting in all these these foreign people who won't cherish it the way Americans, white Americans do. It's racist. It's racist. First of all, not factored in when they talk about replacing is um, the first Americans, what we call Indians, uh, were here when the Europeans got here. And they killed them off every which way they could as, as quickly as they could. Uh, the second thing is that black Americans uh, have been here since 1619. Uh, and they got here, meaning the Irish, in the 1800s. Uh, some other ethnic, white ethnic groups got here even later than that. And so what, what they're, how, 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 how do black people get to replace white people when the black people were here first? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, yeah. the Mexicans were here um, again before the whites got here, all the blacks. They were here, they were in places like we now call California and Arizona and New Mexico. That was their land, which we stole all of it from them. And now they have the audacity to want to live where their ancestors live. It's, it's just crazy. That's basically... And and in fact, this is this is what the Democrats need to be running on. I mean, and every candidate, from dog catcher to Biden, needs to run on how crazy crazy the Republicans have got. And that should be the, the, the discussions for anything. You shouldn't get off into. I mean, you can bridge to to what the Democrats have had, but it should start off. Those crazy Republicans, they do doing this. They want that. Does this make any sense to you? And then you can go on to some of the great things that have been done under the Biden administration. But we, we need to call it all every day, all the time, just point out the nutty stuff that they're doing. Or when they double down, let's get into this. Uh, Tucker Carlson, who's Far more influential than you or me, uh, Monroe. Right. Has a far greater audience than we do. And I love my audience, but it's not <laughs> nearly as great as Tucker Carlson, to put it mildly. Uh, the millions and millions of people that dutifully follow him uh, on uh, Fox. Uh, and he has been an echo chamber of replacement theory. I'm not quite sure he puts the white in it. I think he just calls it great replacement. Uh and so in the aftermath of the he, shooting, no, he, he does a little dog whistle on it. You know, they, they want to replace us with um, people who they can manipulate to vote for them. Yeah. So uh, uh, in the aftermath of the shooting, and again, in Buffalo, uh, the manifesto left behind articulated his belief. Well, I can't even say articulated because it was as near I could tell rambling, uh, but talked about uh, replacement theory. Uh, it, it was rambling of what the white supremacists have been posting. Yeah. 
on, on uh, and, the internet. And this, I believe, is the third uh, such shooting by somebody who adhered to it, uh, including shootings uh, in Pittsburgh. 11 uh, congregants at a synagogue shot 2019. Uh, and in El Paso, I'm doing off the top of my head, at a, a big 20-something people shot at a Walmart. So at, in each instance, uh, we find that uh, the person who did the shooting subscribed to this theory. Uh, we find that across the country, it's becoming more prevalent among Republicans. Uh, and we find that uh, many elected official are getting more and more ugly, getting uglier and uglier uh, in their defense of replacement theory uh, and their hatred toward uh, Democrats. So one would think that someone like Tucker Carlson, who has a huge role and a huge obligation because he's so influential, might consider the consequences of spewing this hate. But no, Monroe... In the aftermath, he doubles down and tries to make himself to be the victim. I don't know if you saw him, uh, his performance on Monday or was it Tuesday in the aftermath of the shootings that said, you can't hold me accountable for what some mentally imbalanced young man does. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, that's always the case is when a white male does something horrible, then it's because he's mentally unbalanced. That that's not the norm. Uh, whereas when a black or Muslim American does something, it's they're 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 pure evil. They're terrible. They have nothing to do with the fact that they might be crazy also. In fact, I want you to. I think I'm, I'm going to challenge your imagination then. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being an 18-year-old white boy killing 10 people um, who almost all were, were, were black, let's make it a Muslim shooting 10 white people at a shopping center. Do you think if the Muslim had stuck the gun to his neck and said, stop, oh, Richard Pryor had a, a no, it wasn't right. It was um, uh, the Western. Um, oh, Blazing Saddles. Cleavon Little. Right, exactly. He rest in peace to great Cleavon Little. Yeah. Right, put the gun to his head and said, stop, or I'll kill this nigga right yeah. now. <laughs> oh, my God. He did. He said that. <laughs> I can still see that scene. Right. He's got to get into that. Right. Yeah. So anyway, had had it been a Muslim who would kill, kill these people, white people, and then stuck a gun to his neck and said, stop, or I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. What do you think would have happened in a situation like that? I, I mean, This, this I, is going to yeah. be hard, hard for you, but... I I know how it would play out. Uh, and every Muslim American country would be called upon to denounce uh, that act. Uh, and um, in, in some ways, uh, every Muslim American in this country would somehow be held accountable for it as though they had something to do with it. 
to me, so it's blatantly hypocritical, yes, the contradictory uh, reactions. And I've come to the conclusion, and I think you were at this conclusion long before I was, Monroe, uh, that there's nothing that we can do, you know, people with podcasts, columns, uh, TV shows, et cetera, to change the attitudes of MAGA. Like, it's entrenched. And it's a very sobering and upsetting reality to have to confront. You can't change people's attitudes uh, in these uh, just these fundamental ways. What I hope to do is stop the spread. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. that exactly. yeah. white replacement theory, as absurd and as insane as it is, does not become like a predominant belief no the way you fight that replacement theory is every democrat again dog catcher on up ought to be talking about um or questioning republican candidates where do you stand on replacement theory what's your position on that and let them try to explain it because it's it's unless you are um, a Tucker Carlson or somebody, it's hard to give any sort of intelligent explanation of that thinking. Because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Except in, in when you put it in the hate column. And even haters don't necessarily want to be known as haters. Which is really weird, by the way. I mean, I, uh, it's really weird. And it, it just shows the, this complete and total lack of any kind of self-reflection. But you're embracing a theory that's just clearly intended to uh, play off of prejudices and fears and hate. And you're using that uh, to fire up your base to get them to vote for you. And yet you don't want to be called a hater. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, maybe you should be proud of it. It's what you do best. You know what I'm saying, Monroe? And, yeah. uh, you want see, they're also good Christians, and last time I checked, Jesus preached love, not hate. <laughs> so you're sort of going against the Bible that you claim you love so much. If you if you come on out and admit that you are a hater. So, so Monroe, as we're going to get into some of the election results from yesterday and talk about the future of uh, the country, because... The midterms are right around the corner. Uh, so in the aftermath of what went down this weekend in Buffalo uh, and in, with the responses that you've heard from leading Republicans or lack thereof, a lot of Republicans won't even mention it right? or talk about it in any way. Um, do you, are you feeling really bleak uh, and feel that uh, the, these, uh, 
doctrines of hate are spreading beyond that Republican base? Or do you believe that if the Democrats run on, as you put it, uh, a platform of saying, these people are insane, we can all see that, that the Democrats will prevail? I don't know if they will prevail, but they will less lose. Because right now, they're, they're on their way to a shellacking, as Obama called it. And between uh, Roe versus Wade and the racism that the Republicans are in, you, some hard and heavy politicking, um, you, could, you, you, you could mediate a lot of that. I mean, you know, I don't. I, right now, it looks looks like it's going to be a slaughter in midterms, and we can turn that around to where it's fair game or fair, or even playing field, perhaps. But Democrats have got to, got to, got to stop being Mister Nice Guy. Uh, bring bring an AK-15 to a knife fight. <laughs> Although there are no Republicans don't even own knives. <laughs> they tried to figure out how to get uh, uh, drones. <laughs> so, so we have got to fight hard and often. Well, I, um, and I think, um, Biden is, is about to do that now. I mean, they, you know, um, his language is getting a little tougher. And we have an interesting, I don't know if you caught this or not, but the Department of Justice has finally gotten around to requesting the transcripts from the January 6th committee, which means that they're going to do something. Yeah. Yeah, you know, better late than never. Well, better late than never, but they're awfully slow. And and I'll and I'll put it to the you this way, uh, Monroe. Um, at the moment, and I haven't done the exhaustive exhaustive deep dive. I will, uh, because things are changing all the time. But because of um, gerrymandering, yeah, uh, in the House, I think the Republicans have a clear advantage. So if we could just imagine the electorate. As just a giant electorate, this all the voters out there, and you put to them, do you want this country run uh, by MAGA, or do you run the, want this country run by centrists, which is really essentially the choice, uh, essentially between Joe Biden and MAGA, you know, because uh, it's not Bernie Sanders. Except, by MAGA definitions. Joe Biden is a wild-eyed leftist. Well, that's MAGA rhetoric, right? Well, that's you, yeah. Well, that's that's the battle that has been drawn. It's it's um, centrist has nothing to do with it. Only, only only Democrats are arguing about centrism. The MAGA group are arguing for the most extreme right-wing, vulgar stuff that you can imagine. Okay, and, and and we're trying to cross T's and dot I's, and um, are, 
All right, fair enough. So do you want a country run by MAGA or do you want a country run by Joe Biden? Whether he's a centrist or not, just put that to his side. Yeah. Uh, I would believe that a majority of the voters in this country would choose Joe Biden, uh, as they did in the last presidential election. No, no, not not according to the polling right now. Biden is, um, his popularity is at 39%. Yeah, but... Seventy-five uh, percent of Americans think that the country's in the wrong direction. So that's even Democrats, partially because Democrats have been uh, helping the Republicans criticize Democrats. Okay, but okay, there's there's a lot in a seventy-five percent uh, going in the wrong direction and in a thirty-nine percent popularity. But if you put put the choice, putting that aside. Mm-hmm. To most voters, MAGA or Biden, I, I stand by this. Most okay. voters would go with Biden. and But because of gerrymandering, effectively, it, the, the Biden vote is minimized and the MAGA vote is maximized. And so as a result, I believe Republicans right now are going to take, this is how I view it, will take Congress back. So they better get the the Justice Department better get serious about holding people accountable for the insurrection because if Republicans take Congress back and you notice Monroe, the investigation's over and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has said she's launching a new investigation to impeach Joe Biden and that's probably the direction they'll go to. At the moment, I have a little more hope for Democrats uh, holding on to the Senate. Because again, the gerrymandering doesn't play a role there, and right. so it comes uh, down to Democrats are going to pick up a seat or two in the Senate. Okay, so then they can hold the Senate. Then yeah. it comes down to what I'm talking about: MAGA versus Biden. That's the choice in a Senate race. That's your choice, MAGA, and it's more or less "quote unquote." I got it in quotes. Fair, unless the Republicans are doing <laughs> calling up election boards and tell them to throw out votes well, and, 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 they, and and in this 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 chess game that's going on that's exactly what they're 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 making moves to do they're trying to they're trying to put, place um, the right people in in state's attorney's offices and uh, in the voting polls yeah. absolutely absolutely that's that's I mean, the coup, we thought January 6th was the coup, but it's, there's a book out that says it was just practice. <laughs> I laugh, but it's so true. Yeah, so uh, that's why I say that the midterms are uh, just a repeat of 2020. Uh, and uh, listen, I bring on a lot of guests uh, who are leftists who explain why, in their humble opinion, the Democrats uh, are failing uh, to build a mass movement uh, because their uh, policies and programs undercut efforts to get people involved. And I take very seriously these accusations, Monroe. I think there's a lot of substance to it. Uh, And uh, on the other hand, when I look at what the Republicans represent, it scares the hell out of me. Right. You know, I mean... Like, again, I don't know of any Republican other than uh, Liz Cheney of Wyoming who has denounced white supremacy in the wake of the Buffalo shootings. I don't believe 
Correct me if I'm wrong. Has anybody else besides Liz Cheney? Senator Cruz. <laughs> Senator Cruz, dude? I I'm missed that. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh. I'm joking. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, to me, it's very scary. Uh, moment now i try to take uh, a little yeah, see, they don't they don't either they believe in it they subscribe to it yeah or they are silent about it because they know it's not deep down in their hearts it's just they know i mean it's common sense that a lot of their rhetoric is why this is going on for uh to begin with you know, this this 18-year-old kid um, became radicalized um, during the pandemic, Trump's pandemic, because he didn't have anything else better to do. And he got on the Internet and uh, started reading all the white supremacist propaganda and became radicalized. And so he, he thought it was he, – he wanted to start a race war. Yeah. By the way, I just won't call. I refuse to call him a, a kid. A man walks into a store with a gun, kills 18 people. I don't know. I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Kid is like a banana. Yeah, I understand your, your hes- hesitancy, but there have been studies done that uh, say that the human brain is not fully developed until yeah. late 20s. And so, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, if if a toddler could physically pull it off, they just as easily do it also. Yeah. If, even if the toddler was Trump's age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even if the toddler was Trump's age. Uh, by the way, speaking of which, I'm uh, I got out of the library this week. Finally, I'm only two years behind the times, Monroe. I finally got out of the library. I saw it there on the shelf. I plucked it and and sat down and read about half of it. Uh, Mary Trump's uh, memoir of her insane family, including her uncle, Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, and it's a fascinating memoir. And uh, relative, I mean, well, relatively dispassionate, c- considered all the, um, really the anger she has toward her family. Oh, she has anger. Yeah. And I don't blame her. Right. <laughs> what a bunch right. of wackos. Right. Uh, and this dude is the president of the United States. Wow, and the uh, leader of the, the uh, uh, of the Republican Party. Yes, he's the leader. Let's get into that. Um, so he's the leader of the Republican Party, and he gave an a interview, I think, with the Washington Post uh, about a month ago. He goes, "I'm the king of endorsements." Classic Donald Trump bravado. Yeah. I'm the king of endorsements. So yesterday, I waited a few races uh, in the country. If you Republican primaries, sort of a mixed uh, verdict right. on right. whether he's the king right. uh, of. Well, he now he's he's the king, but he has a lot of chinks in his armor right now. He can be taken down. He will be taken down if the Democrats quit playing patty cakes and start playing hardball. But he can be taken down. You know, um, the, uh, uh, 
um, Barnett, the woman who in Pennsylvania, the black yeah. woman yeah. in Pennsylvania, she, she said in her campaign that this wasn't Donald Trump's MAGA. It was the MAGA's MAGA. The MAGA's MAGA. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> So I mean, and that's because she was she was more MAGA than Trump Trump is. Yeah, in her head. Yeah, more MAGA than Trump. <laughs> oh my God! Right. So you know, so they 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 aren't as beholden to him as he would like. Yeah. Basically, what she was saying is that he had to follow them, not they had to follow him. Well, there's some truth to that. I mean. Yeah. You know, poor Donnie wanted to take credit for uh, beating uh, COVID by with the uh, the vaccine, and MAGA is saying we don't the Mag COVID was exaggerated. It's probably a hoax. The vaccine is dangerous to you. You shouldn't take it, and it didn't help anybody. So right. he, he had to back off, right? right? Right, exactly. Just just when he was trying to take credit for um, full-speed-ahead vaccine development. <laughs> you know, and even uh, Irvin here in Illinois opened up with, he, he like when he does the list, it's so classic. When Richard Irvin has to, is forced to do a list of why, what he likes about Donald Trump, it's, a, it's the most worthless list. Right. Uh, because the one thing you could give Donald Trump credit for uh, is that he was president when the vaccine was created. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Monroe, you yeah. could give him credit for that, but you're not allowed to say the vaccine uh, is the re responsible for saving us against COVID. Cause first of all, we're not saved against COVID, but second of all, because MAGA doesn't believe in the vaccine. Right. And, and, and <laughs> the other thing that is so MAGA is that they are saying that Biden more people died from from uh, COVID under Biden than they did under Trump, and that is true. But that's because you know it's 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 it's, it's sort of like if I, I dropped by your house one day and started a fire, and then I left, <laughs> and your house burned down, and I can say, Ben's house burned down. <laughs> And, no, and he was the only one there at the time. Yeah. No, that uh, that is just so the most, if it's true for it, it's the most misleading and dumbest thing I've heard. Oh, I'm no, not, it's true. They, they, I've, I've, I've seen it on right-wing Facebook post walls. That, I, just, I don't even know what it means. It's like, so in other words, I thought you were the ones who said COVID was exaggerated i thought you were the ones who said there's no need to take the vaccine i thought you were the ones who said that it's a hoax i thought you were the ones who said we don't have to wear masks you know uh right. and so i thought you were the ones who said it's no worse than the flu so if all that is true why are you keeping track you won if somebody died of COVID in in 2022, it's because one, you don't take the vaccine. Two, you don't wear the mask. 
Three, they you've scared and intimidated every politician away from anything like a a warning, you know, like a mask ordinance. You don't you can't have masks in school. You can't even talk about it. Your governor in Florida, Ron DeSantis, turns to a school kid with a mask, even though he says we should have the freedom to wear a mask we want, says take that mask off. So you've won. So why are you calling attention to the carnage caused by you winning? It's so freaking absurd, Monroe. Do you follow me? And they're going, well, is it Biden's fault that you intimidated everybody, well, politician, well, from a mask mandate? Welcome to white grievance. You know, it's like, poor, poor, woe is me. I am white. <laughs> And, and, and these black and brown people are trying to get me. Uh, by the way, we talk a lot on this show about um, black people who uh, are uh, MAGA. You just mentioned uh, Kathy Barnett, who is running in the Senate race in Pennsylvania. We've talked about uh, Candace Owen. We've talked about uh, Herschel Walker. We've talked about Elder out in California, who, I don't know, he may be the worst of the bunch. We've talked about uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, I just have to, uh, I think I alerted you earlier, uh, a Jewish person who is a champion of white replacement theory. And folks, you got to understand, white replacement theory, uh, if you really... If you're a real true blue believer in it, you're blaming it on Jewish people. It's like the Jews are doing this. That's Monroe. That's like, that's why the guy went into that synagogue in Pittsburgh in 2019. It's what the Nazis were chanting. Behind all of it, you know. Yeah, they're behind everything bad. Right. Uh, if you believe this utter insanity, uh, and that's what the Nazis were marching, were, were declaring when they marched through Charlottesville. Remember, Trump couldn't right. take a stand on that one. Right. Um, so, one of the leading proponents is Laura Loomer, a Jewish woman running for Congress in Florida. Monroe, I'm like, Jewish people who advocate for white replacement theory or replacement theory is as twisted, in my humble opinion, as black people who are, like, wearing T-shirts at a Trump rally saying, what does the t shirt say, Monroe? Blacks for Trump. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's, I mean, one level you got to laugh, but I, I don't know, Monroe, you know. Well, the one that at the Trump rallies that you do, and I've said this before, is many of them, not all of them, but many of them appear as if um, their street address didn't have a number on it. They're homeless. Yeah. That's how we give them a T-shirt and 50 bucks and they'll be for Trump. All right. So uh, let's talk about Trump, the king of endorsements. Um, uh, Mixed verdict yesterday. We'll talk about this uh, in Pennsylvania, the man uh, that Trump endorsed uh, for governor to be the Republican candidate for governor. Uh, Doug Mastriano was victorious. Uh, And this was a bizarre situation where this dude is really virulent and um, was uh, at the January 6th uh, rally for Trump. 
uh, and flirts uh, with all kinds of wacko theories uh, uh, in MAGA, the MAGA universe. Uh, and Democrats were actually encouraging his campaign uh, with the notion that he would be easier to defeat. Uh, what, it's a very scary game that the Democrats are playing, Monroe. I understand why they're doing it, because I'm sure yeah. their, their polls and focus groups show that he's easier to defeat. I understand that. But if he is victorious in Pennsylvania, he will control the uh, vote counting system right. they have there. Right. Just in time for the 2024 presidential election. Exactly. But, yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I can remember when I was for Trump being the candidate because I thought he'd be so easy to beat. And I, I was not alone in that thinking. And we were all wrong. So um, careful for what you wish for sometimes. Uh, on the other hand, uh, in the um, the Senate race, it's neck and neck. Uh, Dr. Oz, who knew he was a MAGA man, uh, got yeah. Trump's endorsement for Senate. And Trump says, Trump's now saying, literally now saying that he should declare victory. Well, if he was playing by the Trump playbook. Yeah, he would, right. He's you not, know? Yeah, because Trump, Trump declared victory, didn't he? Trump's playbook is this. What he says uh, before the election, he says, uh, if I quote unquote lose, it was stolen. They, it was stolen. Right. So that's the Trump playbook. Right. Uh, you never lose. You never concede. You never admit defeat. Uh, and you perpetrate this notion that there's this giant fraud. Uh, and the whole system is run by evil, sinister forces. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, it's that what that's Trump's the, the guy that he's neck and neck with is David McCormick, uh, who Kellyanne Conway support. I don't know if you saw this, uh, Monroe, but there's like a split in Trump world, you know, David McCormick, the so that makes him, I guess, what more moderate in this bizarre universe, right? Right, right. He, 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 he doesn't really think Democrats want to eat babies, but it's, not, it's a nice phrase. <laughs> yeah. But he'll use it if he has no, to. Exactly. Uh, if that's what the focus group says, right. uh, he'll go there. Uh, all right. So what do you think about Madison Cawthorn losing um, in uh, North Carolina, one of the more demented congressmen uh, in the universe? Uh, it was lost in a Republican primary. Uh, yeah, he, well, he's young, 26, and he got a valuable lesson as a Republican, and that is, don't talk about their orgies. <laughs> <laughs> you can do everything else. You can, you can take a gun on an airplane, try to take a gun on an airplane. You can have videotapes of yourself in ladies' lingerie, but you cannot spill the beans about the the the, the coke laced orgies yeah. that Republican leaders have. You know, it's sort of like it, it, uh, 
God, what was that 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 that, that movie um, with Nicole and and Cruz where Tom Cruise? Uh, God, I'm trying to. I'm forgetting the title now. Uh, where Cruise was his doctor, and he went to this this uh, this secret. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember the, the uh, Kubrick flick? Uh, yeah, eyes yeah, closed tightly. I think it's called. Yeah, eyes, eyes, uh, uh, yeah, eyes, uh, uh, My bad. Eyes wide shut. I just looked yeah, it up. I, yeah, I don't I, know how I got in that. Man, that my brain is working weird. Yeah, right. Eyes wide. <laughs> I, turned, yeah. I turned it around into something I wanted. Right, uh, right. But anyway, they had yeah. the secret society in that. Yeah, they were having orgies and. It was everybody was in mask or what have you. And so he, <laughs> eyes closed tightly. Yeah. Yeah. But they did Tom Cruise's character in for being too nosy and, and, and looking into that. <laughs> so, so no more calling. No more that. That's that's the lesson. Okay, Republicans, you right. everything else goes, but right, right. But don't, don't talk about Republican the orgies. <laughs> that belongs in a quiet room. Yeah. Now, trying to find solace uh, in uh, a Republican primary these days is really difficult. And so Democrats everywhere are looking for some, well, Madison Cawthorn lost, you know, like, uh, okay, but you're right, Monroe. (laughs) He probably lost because he said mean things about uh, other Republicans. Right. No, seriously, he would not have lost if he hadn't mentioned that because they They were openly criticizing him. Yeah, he went too far. Right. <laughs> exactly. Whatever you want about <laughs> Right, exactly. Turn Joe Biden into a a lefty radical. But, right. By the way, that is so bizarre. Is uh, the radical left. How they just everything that any Democrat does is a radical left. And you know, you're right, Monroe. It really doesn't matter. I I got all my guests coming on. We're going through the policies. I know Tamara, as the week goes on, we'll talk about some of the uh, Democratic primaries, uh, the policies, the specifics of individual candidates. <laughs> no matter who gets elected, they're going to be radical left, uh, according uh, to Megan. They've turned Pritzker into the radical left. It's, remember, right, he was right, exactly. remember, he was the same. He's a, million, a billionaire. Okay. Right. He's radical left. Yeah, right. Because uh, he's. He's he he he's doing all this socialistic stuff, like giving his employees more money than they actually make out of his own pocket. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to close down with a little local t- uh, conversation. Uh, Monroe's old friend Rod Sawyer uh, was supposed to come on the show today, but he had a conflict at the last minute, so he bowed out. So uh, I'm going to put a question to Monroe that I was going to ask Rod Sawyer, and. Um, so we'll see if uh, Monroe uh, ducks and dodges or uh, answers this question directly. Here we go. Uh, so over the weekend, there's been some horrific shootings in the city of Chicago. One took place. I could do a whole show about this, actually, uh, right near the Bean in Millennium Park. Uh, a young man was killed yeah. by another young man. Right. Uh, both in their teens. And uh, the killer, when he um, when he was killed, uh, arrested and carried away by police allegedly according to what the police said says where were you guys i was but i was attacked in other words he's trying to he's saying it was the killing was in self-defense right um uh in the aftermath uh, mayor Lori lightfoot uh, imposed a curfew at millennium park 
uh, I believe, six o'clock for uh, minors, unless they're accompanied by a responsible adult. Yeah, I believe that's the language. Thursday through Sunday. Yeah, Thursday through. I believe that's the language they use, responsible yeah. adult. Yeah. Um, so, well, definitely Madison Cawthorn would not qualify, even though he's over the age right. of 18. Right. Uh, all right. So uh, <laughs> the question I was going to throw at uh, Alderman Sawyer, uh, that and also are you going to run for mayor, uh, is uh, so I'll, I know you're not running for mayor Monroe, so I won't even bother with that question to you. Uh, but uh, general thoughts about uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's curfew at Millennium Park. Isn't she up for re-election soon? Yes, okay. in February of 2023. Yeah. I, I, you, that's a hint. <laughs> that's it. She's trying to look like she's doing something about crime. Um, you know, and that is that 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 will do something, but um, the ACLU doesn't like it very much for some strange reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, 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 pretty, pretty soon she and Richard Irwin will be um, running together, you know, and, and, and enjoy. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, crime is running rampant, first of all, through Chicago, but through much of the U.S., and a lot of it has to do with the pandemic. And, um, you know, if that, that's just an, a, another side effect to the pandemic. You had these teenage kids who weren't in school for two years who were able to um, basically have a Lord of the Flies experience and it's still playing out. It hasn't toned down. And so the responsible thing would be to come up with midnight basketball and all those sorts of things that would give them something else to do besides shoot each other. But we're not doing that yet. Oh, my goodness, no. We're so far removed from that. Uh, and uh, I, I'm... Uh... You know, Monroe, a curf when I first heard curfew at Millennia Park, I was, I was really, it was raw. It was like after all the shootings of the weekend, I must confess, I was like, yeah, something has to be done. So not just all the shooting, not let's just the shootings in Buffalo, but the shootings in Chicago, just the carnage, as I said, every day. And like something has to be done. And I had like a Bill Maher moment. I don't know if you ever watched Bill Maher. Yeah, but... I do. Um, just out of habit. Yeah. Because well, he, he, he's drifted a little bit um, to closer to MAGA. Than oh, I... he loves MAGA. Right, exactly. Bill Maher. He exactly. loves MAGA. He, he's one of those guys that is so mad at quote-unquote cancel culture yeah. that he is, you know, without looking at cancel culture for MAGA. Right. Uh, but he had a riff he did the other day about crime. Uh, and, you know, he's a, he was like, at one point he felt obliged to say, you know, nod his head at 
like things that uh, liberals say. So he goes, I know we have inequities. This is literally how he said it. Yeah. I know we have inequities in this country. I know we have racism in this country. I know we have mental health issues in this country. And then he just like goes, but come on. And like, what? But come on, what? Right. I mean, you know, if you say there's underlying causes of crime and then you say they don't matter in terms of what you're going to do about it, <laughs> How are you going to stop crime? You know? And, but I had that moment, Monroe, I got to admit that moment. I was like, ah, you know, a curfew. Yeah. Damn it. Something has to be done. And I understand you're having that moment. I, I, um, last, uh, last week, week before, um, I decided I wanted some limbs or ribs. And so I drove to 75th street. Uh, Joyce was asleep, so she couldn't stop me. <laughs> I never, I would have had to fight my way out of the house to go to well. the <laughs> She was asleep, so I drove over there. I get there at 10 o'clock, only to learn that they closed at 10. Now, pre-pandemic, limbs is open to 2 in the morning every night. And so I was completely surprised. And so I said, okay. So then I'm coming back home and I decided to take Lakeshore Drive and the traffic was like jammed for some reason. It was 1030 at nighttime. And um, and right at at Maggie Daly Park, they closed the drive off. So I was forced to go through the city and I had this car pull up next to me. Music playing loudly. And people in there, and I'm looking over your, mm. <laughs> why am I here? Now, nothing happened, but, you know, you get to a point where it's so frequent that you think about those things, at least. Especially if you have a wife that's complaining about them every day, and <laughs> every day, all day long. Yeah. So wait a minute, uh, showing where my brain is. What you do without the rib? What you doing for your rib urge? I came home. Yeah. <laughs> and I had some um, frozen lasagna I cooked. <laughs> so I, I went Italian instead of Southern. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. He had to settle for frozen lasagna. Right. I, I, on the other hand, whenever I have an urge for something late at night, cereal i end up with cereal uh-huh. uh, no it's it's uh like i said it's particular uh state of madness uh, that we're living through right now yeah because uh, I, 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 I because i told you earlier in our conversation when we weren't on the air that the shooting where the chef mm-hmm. was was uh shot and then it lost half of leg um, literally two blocks from my house. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, that was the shooting in Lincoln park, uh, north side of Chicago it happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, and, uh, Dakota early was shot, uh, 23 year old chef. That's one of the, uh, other troubling, uh, news items. Yeah. And, and as it turned out, I don't know if you caught this or not, but as it turned out, the kid, this this um, nineteen year old kid from Oak Park, 
has been charged with the shooting, and they're attributing 30 other robberies in Lincoln Park to him. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a one-man crime crime waiter. Now that he's arrested, it may be so safe to walk the streets of Lincoln Park again. Uh, Monroe Anderson feeling his inner Charles Bronson. Remember Charles Bronson? <laughs> uh Anyway, all right. Uh, so, yeah, but anyway, I, I came to my senses, Monroe. This is the end of the story of curfew. And go, what a, what a meaningless gesture. Right. Uh, what a hollow, meaningless, not going to do anything gesture except infuriate a lot of people. And yeah. Well, you know, but, but, but um, the thing is, where these kids come from, this is a common occurrence, what's going on. But they now they've taken it downtown where they're well-off white people, and it's not to be tolerated. Yeah. You know, like, like like when they spilled over into Old Town with the rockets behavior, nobody was shot during, during the yeah. Old Town. But the fact that they were dancing on cars and making a lot of noise, uh, it's, everybody was very upset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so you're right. So there's going to be, um, we're going to see uh, more reactions, political reactions, uh, like curfew uh, as we head into the summer uh, and, uh, and head into the campaign season. Uh, and people will be doing more Bill Maher reaction uh, to yeah. the underlying issues by scoffing at them. Uh, In the meantime, there are, there are people ought to be figuring out things that teenagers can do that's positive but will allow them to be their socializing selves yeah and get rid of the guns well and uh and also i would encourage if you get the latter um so if you're going to have a midnight basketball league for instance one of my uh pet things is hire people to run it pay them a decent salary make it a credible job Right. Give them a pension. You know, it's just like take seriously the Midnight Basketball League. Uh, you, you know what I mean? There's a, probably a lot of people in Chicago who are qualified to run a neighborhood park district league, a softball league, a basketball league, you know. Right. You know, they grew up in the neighborhood. They know something about sports. They know the people in the neighborhood. Yeah. No. It's if it's a midnight basketball league, it's just like volunteers running it. It's like, okay, that's not going. Right. All yeah. right, Monroe, we can't solve all the world's problems uh, in a podcast, but we can sure try. Uh, so stay well, stay healthy, and uh, yes, yeah, sneak out at night uh, to get your uh, your ribs uh, <laughs> when you have to. Uh, make sure your wife's asleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. I'll uh, talk to you next week. All right. Monroe? All right. Okay. All right. All right. Great, okay. All right. Great all Monroe right. Anderson. I'm Ben Jarofsky. I also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. You all know him. Yes. Monroe Anderson will tell you back home in Alton. They call him Dr. D and the D stands for the marvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out. Petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Mm-hmm.